Well, um, how many of you know that sometimes we call ourselves, I mean, we refer to ourselves here as a word church. And sometimes if people ask us, well, what kind of church are you? We'll say, well, we're a word church. And, you know, I was thinking about what that means. And, uh, and you know, some people say, well, it means we, we teach the word, we preach the word. But it really means more than that. And because there's lots of churches that, that, uh, that, that, t that teach the word in, in the sense that they don't teach false doctrine. But to be a word church or to be word people actually means that we, we, we've put it all over on the word of God. That we have exalted the word, and I'm not talking about corporately, although that's true corporately, but I'm talking about you individually, that we're word people. Hallelujah. That we, even individually, the, we've looked at the word as this is my answer, this is, this is, this is the, this is the only answer, this is the way, this is, this is what I live on, this is what makes me tick, this is what I think about, this is what I speak, this is what I, this is, you know, the word. And we're always looking in the word for more for more answers, more understanding, more revelation. We know that the Word is, that we haven't even begun to plumb the depths of the Word. And we're totally building our life on the Word of God. Now that takes us to a other, another realm besides just preaching the Word. Of course you have to preach the Word too. But that takes us to another realm. And, and, and even being a Word people says, you know, the Word's more important than prayer. The Word's more important than, than and it is. It is. And the word's more important than, uh, than uh, praise and worship, and it is. And a lot of people don't know that. It, you know, the word's more important than uh, uh, the name of Jesus even. And boy, that'll scare some people. But the Bible actually says that. The Bible says he has exalted his word above his name. And so the Word is just the very focus of our lives. In fact, back in the 80s, I believe it was, or maybe it was early 90s. No, it was 80s, I think. Uh, Harrison House came out with a Bible. I think Colin still has his. Uh, it came out with a Bible, and it said the Word on here real big. Instead of Holy Bible, it said the Word. You know, because back in that time, we were all like, we are word people. You still got your, the word Bible? Hallelujah. He loved that when we gave it to him when he was a kid, you know. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you want one that's camo and nobody really notices, but mom gave him one that, you know, it was big and it said the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, praise God. <laughs> Thank you. So that's what kind of people we are. and uh, But sometimes, you know, it's easy to, just like pastors been preaching on first things and putting God first, sometimes it's easy to let things slip. And so today we're going to remind ourselves of some things about the Word of God. Recently, uh, I was faced with some physical challenges and to do with muscle in the back and whatever and don't even know how it happened but hallelujah regardless and so it was challenging to say the least um, I was believing God to walk you know and to sit down and to stand up and all those kind of things and so um, <clears throat> I was thinking to myself um, you know because I prayed I believed I received I'd done all the things we all know to do 
and I was thanking God for it, and I was praising Him that I was healed, and uh, you know, and I was making progress. I wasn't, there wasn't that, but I was like, I was thinking, I'm not. I, what else do I need to do? I remember walking. I was walking through the house, and I was like, what else do I need to do? Just making sure I had all the bases covered, and I heard the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you can just think a thought, and the Holy Ghost will answer your thought. You know, and so I thought that thought and the Holy Ghost set up in my heart. He said, the seed is faithful. The seed is faithful. And I knew he was talking about the word. And I knew just to attach myself to the word. The seed is faithful. The seed is faithful. That was so good. I mean, it helped me because it's like sometimes we're looking for some big, mighty answer. And the word is, I'm not trying to diminish the word, but it is simple. I mean, it's a simple answer. The seed is faithful. You know, and God doesn't say, well, go fast for 60 days or go, you know, or, uh, you know, he says the seed is faithful. And that brings us back to being word people. And then, you know, as, 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 as you know, some, some, you know, later on, a couple of weeks later, some symptoms kind of changed, and I'm, and I, but there were some symptoms that were persisting and something had changed. And so I had this thought one day. I'm thinking, I wonder what it is. Did you ever have a symptom in your body and you go, I wonder what this is? I, almost, I don't know how many times I've had that thought. You know, your toe aches and you go, I wonder what it is. <laughs> or, or something, you know, you have a twinge. I wonder what it is. And I had that thought. And the Holy Ghost answered my thought. He said, it doesn't matter what it is. The answer's the same. Amen. You know, that is so profound. I don't know. I, gotta, I don't know if you know how profound that is. It doesn't matter what it is. The answer's the same. It doesn't matter if it's cancer. It doesn't matter if it's a, a bad cold. The answer's the same. And, so, so, and you know, we get, we get that. We lose sight of that. Because we think, you know, the doctor gives a diagnosis to somebody and we go, oh, wow, you know, wow, that's horrible. Oh, that's bad. That is a horrible one. You know, we don't do that when the Lord says, well, you know, that's a upper respiratory whatever, you know. Drink plenty of liquids, you know. We don't, we don't do that. But when, God, when the doctor says some things or when the devil says things to our minds, we go, oh, that's bad. That's a real, oh, man, I feel so sorry you got that diagnosis. But the answer's still the same. The answer's the very same thing. And it's that, you know what? It, if, even if it's a, 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 a financial situation, answer's still the same. If it's relationship problem, the answer's still the same. The answer is the same. I tell you that that changed my life. The answer is the same. No matter what, the answer is still the same, and the seed is faithful. That answers all questions right there. I want you to turn with me this morning to Mark chapter four, because that put me on a thing of thinking about the seed. Mark chapter four. And Mark chapter 4, in case you don't know it, is the, the, all about the seed, the, that the word is seed. That is the theme of all of Mark chapter 4. I remember when we first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was listening to a brother Copeland tape, and he said, if you don't learn anything else in the Bible, you learn Mark chapter 4. Because it is the most important 
uh, principle in the whole Word of God. And I remember thinking, hmm, I don't, I read it and I thought, you know, I guess, and I didn't, I thought, wonder why that, it didn't register. You know, sometimes it takes a while for things to register. But it's begun to register in recent years. Verse 14, the sower soweth the Word. Now, we know when he says that in verse 14, that he's saying that the Word is seed. So when, when the Lord told me the seed is faithful, he's talking about the Word. The Word of God. The seed of the Word of God. The, seed, the, word, the Word is not seed. The Word is not faithful if it's laying on your coffee table. Just because you have a Bible that says the Word, it won't do anything. But when you sow the Word, it's seed. Hallelujah. The sower soweth the word, in verse 15, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So the devil's always right there trying to steal the word from us. Because he knows it's seed. He must know the power of it. He must know how much it'll produce in our lives. And these are likewise uh, which are sown on stony ground, verse 16, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Or that word offended means they fall away. Immediately they are offended or fall away. I remember when we first got filled with the Holy Ghost, we were so excited to hear the Word. And we were talking about it to all of our friends. And we had some friends in Seagraves. This is where we got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, they had been friends all... I grew up next door to this young man. He was an only child. I was an only child. He was a brat, but I wasn't. <laughs> He really was, still is, hallelujah, <laughs> he is. And, uh, but anyway, we were friends with him and his wife. We grew up, you know, Seagraves, little town, you know everybody. And so we're friends with him and his wife. Well, we shared with her, his wife, and I don't know, somehow his wife got to be in, into the Word with us. And we're all excited about the Word. Immediately it says they receive it with gladness. I mean, we're excited about the Word. But having no root in themselves when persecution arose. Well, persecution began to arise for all of us because of the Word. The Bible says the persecution comes for the Word's sake. Hallelujah. And that, that translates in, you know, it, it, that people start doing ugly things to you. People, and also translate into you start having problems. Just situations start arising, people start acting ugly, you know, people start talking about you, gossiping about you, and that happened in Seagraves, it happened to us. But in Doug and Cheryl's instance, the way uh, it arose was Doug was the only child, and his parents were pretty wealthy. Hallelujah. And uh, so, uh, and Cheryl, his wife, had gotten over into the... Uh, uh, you know, hanging around with us and some other people in town that were excited about the Word. And Doug was kind of hanging over back behind. He wasn't in it completely, but, uh, but Cheryl was there. Well, there was an ultimatum given. And the ultimatum was, if you want to see your inheritance, you'll get out of this stuff right now. And so persecution arose for the Word's sake, and uh, they took the inheritance Hallelujah. Doug reminds me of uh, that movie where it says he has a cash register for a heart and a, <laughs> a bottom line for a, you know, hallelujah. Uh, I think somebody said that to somebody one time in a movie. <laughs> hallelujah. But anyway, and so um, 
I mean, I'm not putting him down. He's saved. He's a Christian. But anyway, they persecution arose. They didn't have any rope in themselves. And so they immediately fell away. They were offended. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Maybe they'll get back in in these last days. And these are they, verse 18, which were sown among thorns, and such as hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word. So sometimes we can choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Verse 20, and these are they which were sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, um, in here we see the seed is the word, and we also see the seed is faithful. Now, we also, one thing we saw when we read this is that seed produces best in good ground. We saw all kinds of ground there, but the one thing we saw for sure is the seed produces best in good ground. And we know that the ground is our heart. And we need to continually improve the ground of our heart. All of our hearts and the, the ground of our heart could be improving. But we are good ground. Hallelujah. And the things that improve the ground, I meditated on that from having come from a farming background. Uh, I meditated on it. And the, one of the things that farmers won't do if they want to improve their ground for next year's crop is they will, and it costs a whole lot of money to do this, a whole lot of fuel. And so uh, they, they, they don't do this without money much consideration, but they will deep break the land, what they call deep breaking, instead of just going in and throwing up beds and, and just making a little shallow, you know how it looks when they break. Well, instead, they will take a big old disc, huge, and they will go way deep and turn the soil up, and that will improve uh, the, 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 that'll make the ground better. And another thing that, um, to improve real ground is to pick the rocks out. And they will take things that are called rock pickers and uh, they will uh, they will run it through there and they're actually machines that pick up rocks. Or when labor was cheap, it's not cheap anymore, but used to labor, you could get cheap labor and they would throw a bunch of hands out in the field and just have them pick rocks up and haul them to the edge of the field. Hallelujah. And, and get the rocks out because that would improve the ground. And another thing was is weed elimination. Uh, that's very important to improve improving your ground. And not just regular weeds. I mean, you know, you're going to have some weeds, but especially things like, um, like if you got, um, uh, <clears throat> forget what it's called, but it's the, it's kin to the peanut. Somebody might can help me there. It's kin, James, you're supposed to be helping me with this now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, it's kin to the peanut and it's got tubers and roots and stuff. And you need to get that kind of stuff out of your field. A careless weed is just a weed with one root, but this stuff runs under the ground. Hallelujah. I'll try to ask pastor about that and tell you later. Cause I know you need to know. Hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you need to get the weeds out cause that'll make the ground better. And then fertilizer, of course, we know that. And rain. Rain really improves the ground. Hallelujah. And so I've thought about that, how that relates to us in Scripture. And the Bible says in Hosea 10, 12, that we are to break up our fallow ground. That means the hard ground. Fallow ground means hard ground. Break up your fallow ground in Hosea 10, 12, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So we need to do some deep breaking. We also need to do rock picking. There it said in Mark 4, 16, it said, these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. Why? Because there's stones in there. So that we need to do rock picking sometimes. We eliminate 
examination. Mark 4.18 said, These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And then it talks about how those thorns or those weeds will choke out the word. And fertilizer in... Um, <coughs> uh, in Luke chapter 13, verse 7 and 8, I want to read this to you. It says, uh, Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. He's talking about, wait, 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 don't dig it up, fertilize it. Hallelujah. So fertilizer, dung is fertilizer, manure to be specific, and uh, real good fertilizer, hallelujah, and it will improve the ground. And then, uh, <clears throat> praise God, we know that uh, the other thing was uh, rain, and the rain of the Holy Ghost. We know that when we, 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 if we want our ground to be good, we need to be in move of the Holy Ghost. We need to be involved in where the rain of the Holy Ghost is falling because it will, it will change our ground and our ground's ability to produce fruit. So um, then he told us some things in the Word that can our, make our ground not so good. And these are things we need to get out. In Hebrews 13, 3.13, it says that we can be hardened by sin. If we can have our hearts, if, if when we sin, and it even says sin is deceitful, and it will harden us. When we practice sin, we don't even realize that our heart's getting a little harder and a little harder and a little harder. So we need to take sin out of our lives so we don't become hardened. Roots of bitterness, Hebrews 12, 15, that we can have a root of bitterness. We have to guard our hearts continually because offenses come, but we have to make sure that none of them take root, that we get rid of that offense, that we forgive quickly. We don't let something take root and become a root of bitterness. And the Bible says in Hebrews there, it says that when the root of bitterness gets in our heart, it will defile everybody around us. I don't know, but we've proved that out in our family. Hallelujah. Where we had somebody that was so bitter... And I mean, it was, it was try, it tried to splash on everybody in the family. And it most of all opened the door for the enemy to come in and bring destruction into their lives. So we don't, we guard our hearts continually, not letting bitterness come in. You know, if there's a high price to pay for having that, you know, it's a good feeling for a little while to be mad and to be angry at people. It's a good feeling for a, for a few, for a little while, it feels good to be offended and bless God. And I'd like to, it does feel good. But you know what? In the end, it just brings death. And so we have, to, we have to choose. We have to choose life. We have to say, no, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to be bitter. It's not worth it to be offended. It's not worth it to be angry. It's not worth it to be hurt and wounded. You can't afford to be hurt and wounded. It's not even worth it, you know, uh, to, to, to let grief get that root in you. When, when where some loved one's been taken from you and you let a root get down in you where you grieve, uh, hallelujah. The Bible says we're not supposed to, for, first of all, that we don't grieve like the heathen grieve. Glory, glory to God. And another thing he said there, and this is on Mark, we read that, that it was the cares of this world, the cares of this world, that the, the, the worries, the worries of this world, that that will be something we need to get out of our ground, that we don't allow ourselves to worry. We don't allow ourselves to fret. We don't allow ourselves to, to, to project the 
to, to the negative side. One of the things God's laid on my heart recently is to get the negative out. You know, we just sometimes react negatively and don't even mean to and don't even know we are. But, but we ought to be positive. In every situation, we ought to be positive because... Why? Because the word is the answer. We have the answer. We have the way out, no matter what comes up against us. Uh, and then it said the deceitfulness of riches. Uh, deception. R riches are deceptive. We're deceptive because riches don't satisfy us. Riches don't uh, riches are not really, there's something God, God wants to bless us, but the deception and going after them is the wrong way of thinking and it's a deceptive uh, thing that will choke the word in our lives and the desire for other things the you know just wanting other things more than we want God Colin talked about golf he talked about football but we can't want those things more than we want God or they will choke the word and or cars or any other thing that you can think you we can't want anything more than we want the word and we want God. And if we will go first for the Word, the Word will add those things to us. Hallelujah. But you know what? They'll be added to us and they won't have a hold of us. It'll be, we'll hold them so lightly and so loosely that it's like, it doesn't matter. We're not, you know, we're not devastated when they disappear or when God says give it or when it just, uh, you know, we're not upset about things ever. Never upset about things. It's just things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the seed will produce because it's faithful. The seed is incorruptible. The Word of God is incorruptible. The Word will always produce. Even in bad ground, it will try to produce, but it won't be able to produce as much. Amen? But the seed is so faithful. Now the good news is that the seed of the Word heals your ground too. It's what gets us gets our ground right. It's what it, The seed of the Word is what actually we plant and it's also the water we water with and so the good news is is that that if you put the word in you're going to get a harvest and your ground's going to change and so <clears throat> hallelujah I'm, on, I'm trying to encourage you this morning because God wants you to really get a hold of this as the word is your answer hallelujah <clears throat> We want to sow bountifully and reap bountifully. We don't want to be like it said over in Hosea. Let me read it to you. It says, uh, you've sown much and bring in little. You eat but have not. We don't want to be like that. because, And that comes from our ground not being quite right. But the word is so powerful. The seed is uncorruptible. What the Bible says the word will, when sown, it will produce for you. If you will sow the word, it will produce for anybody in this room. It will the it will produce powerful things in your life that can never ever ever be taken away from you. Hallelujah! The word is so powerful; it's incorruptible. It's not. It, it's so. It, it, it's it's more powerful than natural seed. A natural seed, just the seed for plants, is so powerful. It's so powerful and so life giving that when they dug up King Tut and found seeds in his tomb, and they were thousands of years old. Um, they planted them. Those seeds still produced. Those seeds germinated and brought forth. Well, the seed of God's Word is much more powerful 
than that. Now, I just kind of gave that as an introduction to you this morning. Because what I really want to do this morning is tell you all the things, maybe not all the things, but a lot of the things that the Word will do for you. And so I'm going to take you in the Scriptures to those things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 that the Word is healing. So when you plant the Word of God in your life, you can expect healing. The seed is faithful. The seed will not fail you. And a lot of people are trying to get healed by believing. I'm, I'm just believing. I'm just believing. I'm just believing to be healed. I'm just believing. I'm praying. But what they need to do is attach their faith to the Word of God. Because the Word will not return void. The Word is faithful. It is faithful. It is seed. And it will produce a harvest. In Proverbs 4.20 it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health, medicine, my margin says, to all their flesh. So the word of God, when planted in your heart, it is life. It is health. And it is medicine. And you know what? In, in Hebrews it says that the Word of God is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder between soul and spirit. But here's the part I like. Piercing even to the joints and marrow. When you, that's the very, that's the very center of your, that's down to the root. Hallelujah. And so when you put the word in, it will pierce clear down to the joints and marrow of your body. Amen. It'll just pierce down in. It's so We can't even fathom this except by revelation. It takes a revelation of the word to understand the power of the word. So the word is life. It is health. It is medicine to all your flesh. Psalm 107 verse 20. He said, the psalmist said, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. The Bible, the, the Fenton translation says, He sent His word and it healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So God has always attached healing to His word. And Jesus is not here in the flesh. He's of course here in spirit. But he's not here in the flesh to lay hands on you. But the word takes his place. That's what's taking his place. If Jesus was here, people think I could get healed. But the word is here to take his place. And the word, it, it, the word is just as powerful as Jesus was in the flesh. Now, like I said, that takes a revelation. The Bible says in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is the Word chapter. It's all about the Word. And David, in, in, I, I, you know, they say he was a man after God's own heart. I believe one of the reasons is because he is a man that had a revelation of the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 130, Something else the word will do to you, do for you. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. In the Bible, when you speak of light, it always is talking about revelation. 
The entrance of his words brings revelation. So it, when you, what you need to know, you will know because the word has brought you revelation. The word has brought you light. Um, and then Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, and we sang this this morning. I thought, Jonathan is led by the Spirit. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That speaks of guidance. When we need to know what to do, which way to go. If we are word people and we sow the word in our heart, we have guidance. We have guidance. The word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. The word is a wonderful sin deterrent and a temptation killer. If you have the word sown in your heart, you won't have to worry about getting off into sin or not being over, able to overcome temptation. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So as we sow the word in our heart, we have something that just kills temptation. Hallelujah. Praise God. The word is a pick-me-up. Say a pick-me-up. For the soul, it counteracts depression. The word counter, I prove this all the time. I can be kind of not depressed because I don't get depressed. But I can be just not spunky. That's a good word. Not spunky that day. And I can start reading the word out loud. Be sure and read it out loud when you read it. Especially, I mean, we can read it both ways. But when you're wanting it to plan it, be sure and read it out loud. And you know what? I'll spunk up. I'll get revved up. I'll spunk up. It, and, and you know, it doesn't matter how deep and dark the depression, you know, they can give you a pill. That'll just mask it. It won't fix anything. And, and, and you know, and many times the, the, the side effects for some medications, I'm not against medicine. The Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So that means medicines can do good. So I'm not against medicine. But, hallelujah, some of them, the, the cure is worse than the, you know what I'm saying? And so, but there's no side effects. There are no harmful side effects. It doesn't matter how much you take of the Word of God. And it counteracts depression and picks you up. Psalm 119 verse 28 says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. So you, if you, as you say the word out loud, you'll get a pick-me-up. It's better than Dr. Pepper. You know, they used to say, Dr. Pepper, you do drink one at 10, 2, and 4. You know, I grew up in the 10, 2, and 4 generation. And you drink a Dr. Pepper. Hallelujah. It would pick you up. Well, this is better than that. Amen. And it doesn't have 180 calories per bottle either. Second Peter 1, 4 says... Uh, well, I'll turn over there. Well, I'll just read it to you. Whereby are given to unto us exceeding great and precious promises, talking about the word, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The word is protection for us because all the things that people do, steal, kill, and hurt people is because of corruption that is in the world through lust. And so we escape it because why? We escape it by the only way we can escape it is by the precious promises. The exceeding good and precious promises. Hallelujah. So it's protection. The word brings us hope. Psalm 119 verse 49, the psalmist said, Remember thy word, God. Remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. 
The word brings us hope. That's why we're so happy around here. We have great hope. We have great hope for the future. That's why we're excited because Jesus is coming back. We're not sad because Jesus is coming back. I'm saying, come on, come on, come on. Why? Because the word has caused us to hope in something greater, something better, something we were created for. Hallelujah. And so it brings hope. It brings hope. You have hope financially. Why? Because the word has caused you to hope. If you are in, have symptoms in your body, you're not without hope. Why? Because the word of God has caused you to hope. And if you don't have hope, which is, which is um, expectation. Hope is, is um, the expectation of something good. The expectation of good. If you don't have hope, you'll never arrive at your destination of what you want. Hallelujah. In fact, when people lose their hope, they die. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> the word, the Bible says, sets us free. Hallelujah. If you've ever been in bondage, you know this. Psalm 119, verse 45. If you are in bondage in some area, it's the word that will set you free. Psalm 119, verse 45. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. The, another place in the New Testament, and it says, uh, it says uh, I, th and ye will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Speaking of his word. Hallelujah. The word is a comfort during trials. Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Hallelujah. Verse 52. I remember thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. We take the word, we speak it, it brings us comfort. It comfort, we comfort ourselves with the word of God. It brings us hope. It puts a spark in our step, a spunk. It, hallelujah. It changes our life. It is what sets us apart. It's what makes us different. That's why you're not an ordinary Christian. You're not just not like the world. You're not even an ordinary Christian. Why? Because you've got a hold of something. You've got a hold of something that's got power. You've got a hold of something that will not return void. You've got a hold of the Word, and I'm telling you, it will change your life. We need to grab a hold of it in a greater way. And I'm going to show you some of that here in a minute. Glory to God. Now, um, it, uh, another thing that it does is it keeps us alive. Remember, we sing a song that says, He's keeping me alive. Well, how does he keep us alive during great affliction? Psalm 119 verse 92 says, Unless the law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. That's the word is when you're going through something, that's what you hang on to. That's what you hold on to. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. That's verse 116. And let not me be ashamed of my hope. Praise God. So during great times of great affliction, the Word is what causes us to, to make it through. Hallelujah. It's important that you not only have it hid in your heart, that you have a, you have a, you have scripture that you can draw on when you don't have your Bible and that you have a working knowledge of the Word of God. I've talked to you before about, see, you can see my yellow underlining. Those are healing scriptures in yellow. You might need to put your uh, prosperity scriptures in green, you know, green for money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God or whatever. But you need to have it marked where you can turn. Hallelujah. And I can literally uh, turn in my Bible 
And I know somewhere, I know some of the references, like I know Revelation 12, 11. I know where it's at. But some of them I don't know. But I can take my Bible, and I like, sometimes I start in Revelation. I don't know why. And because I think because I just have one scripture underlined in that book. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And I will read that. And then I'll go to the next chapter, and I'll read everything that's in yellow. So you saw when a time of affliction, in a time of trial, you don't have to to start scrambling in the Word and reading the whole thing trying to find one scripture that'll help you. I need, I need help now. I need some medicine now. I need light now. I got to have something that'll give me some spunk now that'll rise me up out of this. So I just go to all the yellow ones. And I just started reading in the yellow. Hallelujah. And I read yellow and read yellow and read yellow. And you know I won't be, I won't get to the gospels before I've, I've gotten revved up. Hallelujah. Faith cometh by hearing or is activated by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My faith will just soar. Amen. But we have to keep our faith continually fanned. You know, Colin talked about that this morning. The devil is out there trying to snuff out the light. That's why he's fighting. You know, uh, you, you know, you've heard the fights here lately over financials and finances and preachers. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and uh, and I'm not saying every preacher's done right, but I can guarantee you they better leave Brother Copeland alone. Because telling you, just take me to heaven if that man's not above reproach. I'm I'm telling you that man is a man of integrity, and he he has it backed up. And a lot of they are so ignorant. Those people, they're just, the devil's ignorant. They don't even know the laws of the land. Because if they own a plane, they can take it to Disneyland if they want to. It's just income to them. They just have to pay income tax on it. They can take it to Disneyland if their ministry owns a plane. And, that, and if, as long as they paid income tax on it, the law says, hallelujah. It's just, it's income. They just can't do it for free. And so they cry out all this junk. But you know what it is, folks? In 19, 20 years ago, it, it happened. They started boy, crying about all these ministers. And it, they, and it all happened right before God. There was a big move of God about to break out. And the devil threw that in the body of Christ's face. The body of Christ got all... Woo, we lost our, we, we, did, we got out of focus. We got our, we got all messed up. We lost that move of God. It didn't happen. It had to come back around again. And we're back around to it again. And man, here they are. They're trying to squeal finances. Now, the, the bad part about it is this time, that, that time the body of Christ was sloppy. They'd been sloppy. They weren't clean. But I'm telling you what, after 20 years ago, the churches clean, the most preachers, not saying there's not some dishonest ones out there, but most preachers cleaned up their act. And they started documenting everything, and it's all backed up, and hallelujah. And we just say, come on. Come on, devil. Hallelujah. You can't get us there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they can just gripe at Creflo all they want to. They, you know, the Bible talks about how they'll faunch at you. And that is what it reminds me of. They're just faunching at Creflo and, and, and uh, Brother uh, or, uh, and brother Richard Roberts. Hallelujah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. But now, you know, sometimes I know some preachers that do sloppy bookkeeping myself. And we don't believe in that. But, hallelujah, most of these guys, they hadn't done anything. Amen. And you just watch. God will use it for His glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, there may be some that aren't innocent, but uh, the great majority. Hallelujah. And you know, I notice 
Have you noticed? They ain't going out. They don't go after any denominational preachers. They just go after the ones that are preaching the word. Hallelujah. They just go after the ones that are believing for miracles and doing awesome things. Hallelujah. And like Pastor said, what's Creflo supposed to do? Somebody walks up and tries to hand him a Rolls Royce and say, Well, I don't think I'll take that because the IRS might not like it. I mean, are you going to take it? If somebody offers you a car, are you going to take it? Are you going to think, I don't know, the IRS, you know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we, I wish we could document how many of them die within the next year or so after they, hallelujah. You know, but we don't ever know that. We, we really, that's one reason we don't mind sinning. It's because most of the time we don't make the correlation between sin and then what happens in our lives and neither does the world. We don't, we don't even make the correlation. We just like, okay, but hallelujah, <clears throat> it's not wise to mess with God's people. And God will clean it up if we just let him. Hallelujah. Now that was off the subject. I don't even know where I'm at. But it brings me to the next one. God causes us to triumph over our enemies through his word. Psalm 119 verse 98. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies. Hallelujah. For they are ever with me. Boy, that we could have took that out of the Bible. For David said, my enemies are forever with me. Are you like me? Did you used to believe, or maybe you still do, one day you was going to quit being attacked all the time? One day, God, we won't have to believe you for finances. I just won't get to that day when we don't have to believe you for finances. That's how I feel sometimes, and I felt that way. Or one day, and then there is a day, but you know, folks, it is, you're going to have to be raptured out to get to that day. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. For they are ever with me, but your commandments have made me wiser than my enemies. You are so smart. Right down here. You are wiser than your enemies. And the word is what causes that. You are smarter than your teachers. I wish we had a bunch of youth and kids in here. You, if you will plant the word in your heart, you will be smarter than your teachers. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, a Barry in college, he was going to learn from people that were, he was smarter than. And he's nodding. And that's not pride. That's just like, hallelujah. Jonathan, you, they were trying to teach you something. Now, they might have known something more about a computer than you did. But in general, where life is concerned. And besides all that, you knew where to go if you didn't know something about a computer. Because God invented the things. Hallelujah. So the Word of God. See, it's, when the Word of God brings light, when you put it in, it doesn't just bring light for spiritual things. It brings light for every kind of living. For all of living. For everything you go to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we have a problem, we ought to just look, to, no matter what it is. If you've got a spot in your carpet... You can look to the God. Hallelujah. And he'll tell you exactly what to do. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the word satisfies us. I didn't write the scripture down for this, but it's how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The word's our hiding place. Sometimes we just need to be hid. 
And it is. Psalm 119, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope thy, thou in thy word. You know, Corey Ten Boom was in concentration camps, a Christian. Uh, she went to the concentration camps because she got caught hiding Jews, hallelujah, in her house during uh, World War II in uh, Holland, in Amsterdam. And so she... Uh, went to concentration camps, but she had the Word, and the Word was a hiding place for her. And at times when she was nearly exterminated, nearly got shipped to the, you know, everything that would try to go wrong, but the Word would always deliver. And then she came out and wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And this is what she's talking about, is she hid in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have a hiding place. And you know, we don't have to worry about Brother Copeland and all them. They got a hiding place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the Word keeps us from being offended. We talked about not being offended. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. When we put the Word in, when people say ugly things to us, you know, it's just like, it, you know, we're really smart, but in that kind of thing, we're kind of dumb. It just don't register. It's like, I didn't even know you was being ugly to me. Really, it's like we're Teflon coating. And even sometimes if we go, hmm, that didn't quite sound very good. We, you know, it doesn't offend us. It doesn't bother us. Hallelujah. Why? And, they, and the, the Word keeps us from being offended. One reason it keeps us from being offended is because we know God so blessed us that it don't matter what you think about me. I'm so blessed. And you can't keep any of my blessings from me. I mean, you can cuss, you can swear, you can call me every name you know, but you can't change, you can't change my blessings. You can't keep me from being victorious. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deliverance. Word is deliverance. Psalm 119, verse 170. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. If you need deliverance in a lawsuit situation or any other situation, the word is your answer. The, word, the Bible says the Word is the hand of the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 173. You want God to lay His good hand upon you? Then get the Word out there. That's how He's going he's to put the Word all over you. Uh, praise God. The, <clears throat> you know, the psalmist cried out one time and said, Put thy hand upon me lest I die. Well, the way God does that is with His Word. Amen? So we need to start praying the Word over our situations. And this is one of the, the Lord, I asked Him how to minister to you this morning. And so He told me to do it this way. And so what I like to do, and, we, and I'm doing it more and more. It's like God revived this in my heart. And I'm trying to revive it in yours. That we have a scripture for everything. That we, it don't matter, I got a, script, I got a scripture I'm standing on for that. Hallelujah. For everything, because we are word people. And so I have this book. It's 27 years old, so you probably can't get it. <laughs> Been carrying around a long time. But I'm going to just show you some of the ways, some of, and, and some of you, you know, uh, I'll talk to. I pray this for Carter and Caitlin and, and the kids of Word of Life Church. But anybody that, and he's not struggling, but he's my grandkid. Hallelujah. So I pray for him. He goes to school. And I pray this for Jesse Gann. Uh, ability, that God, God gives Jesse Carter and the Word of Kids of Word of Life Church skill in learning and wisdom, and He gives them skill, knowledge. Excuse me, help me. God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wis in learning and wisdom. Daniel one seventeen. I pray that. 
for them. Hallelujah. And I do this often. Praise God. And I pray this for Chad and uh, Daryl Pate. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107, verse 20. I pray this uh, for some people in the church, and I've been praying this for myself. Your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like a herb, and the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servant. And uh, then the one I already gave you about how the word is, in Hebrews 4.12, how the word is a... Uh, penetrating to the joints and marrow. I play that. And in Hebrews 12, 12, I say the feeble knees and the feeble hands, uh, let them rather be healed. And, you know, the Scripture's longer than that, but I don't always read the whole Scripture. I take out that portion of faith, hallelujah, or sometimes I say the whole thing. And then I say this for a lot of us in here, uh, who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Brother Copeland says that every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 103, verse 5. He says it every day. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. We need to start saying it. If you're 45, you need to start saying it. Amen. If you're close to 45, start saying it. Hallelujah. And then, so, and, and there's more than this in here. And, uh, uh, I say this over myself, Luke 13, 11, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity, and laid on hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Hallelujah. I pray this over, uh, hallelujah, anyone with a broken heart. I pray, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Psalm 147, verse 3. Hallelujah. Sometimes I just take this book. Now, this is how you can do it, because I don't have all of these laid to memory yet. And I just go through it, and when I and I and I look at them, and I go, "Oh, there's somebody in the church that's got that," and I pray it for them. And you can do the same thing, and you can find your own scriptures that you're standing on. And this one, Psalm 34:20, He keepeth all his bones; not one of them is broken. Colin had a broke arm, and we got him healed. We were so simple because we had just got filled with the Spirit. We didn't know nothing. We didn't know how to pray, but we I just had read that scripture. He keepeth all his bones. None of them are broken. And for two days, I said it over and over. That's all I did. Just said it over and over for two days. He keepeth all his bones. He cried all night. I still said it. We took him to the doctor. He said it's broken. I kept saying it. Even after he said it was broken, I kept saying it. He keepeth. On Monday, he said it's not broken. And he showed me the, fr the fracture in his arm in the x-ray. But then on Monday it wasn't. And just that, that's all it took. We have to get back to simple. Amen. If this is simple, God doesn't want us struggling to be healed or to be well. Um, hallelujah. I pray this over my mama. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And I say, the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. I pray that over her. I've been praying this over Anita. He has strengthened the bars of her gates and hath blessed her children within her. Psalm 147, verse 13. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then eyesight, more on eyesight. I, I can't give them all to you. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> Praise God. I pray this for a lot of people, and I say this for myself all the time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's good for fear, confusion, and mental problems. 2 Timothy 1, 7. And we speak that. Hallelujah. Now, we got to make sure we're not saying other things too, but hallelujah. And then um, I say this over my in-laws and their farm. They had, the, they had the biggest crop in Gaines County they've ever had this year. 
Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Psalm 85, 12. And I say it that way, our land, because, you know, ultimately, it is going to be ours. Hallelujah. So I say it, our land shall yield their increase. And you know, I've been speaking, and I, you know I'm an oil baroness. I've told you before. Hallelujah. And they're drilling a well, a new oil well, right in the middle of my... Hallelujah. And I own a half of a twelfth. <laughs> but praise God, money cometh. Hallelujah. And, I, and you know, here's what I'm believing. I mean, I really am. It's in, Sha it's in Throckmorton County, Texas. I'm believing that oil is coming from Shackleford County, Stevens County, all the counties around there that I know that oil is coming to that one spot. God can move oil under the land. Hallelujah. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for me. Hallelujah. So it's coming. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I know people have gotten big blessings in the church lately. So y'all give y'all give God the glory and give praise. I've been praying this for Lisa and for Pastor. Uh, he said unto the man, stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Mark 3, 5. Um, <clears throat> I pray this about Pastor. I speak this over his heart. His, um, I say, I will praise thee with my whole heart. God, the pastor's heart is whole. He has a whole heart. I say this. Um, God is the strength of Pastor's heart and his portion forever. I say that over him and other people that I know that... Uh, Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't matter what the doctor said. I know my stepfather, they told him 20, only 24% of his heart was working. It don't matter. Hallelujah. The Lord, yeah, I don't care if they tell you, you know, 10% of your heart's working. Hallelujah. Well, you can, if you'll get in faith, you can go to the, I don't care if they tell you your cholesterol is 669. Hallelujah. The Word of God is what's going to keep you alive. We need to be... Now, I'm not saying we don't need to believe God for those numbers to come down, but sometimes we just get caught up in believing that instead of believing the Word. Amen? I don't care if your blood pressure's 240 over 50. You know, boy, that sounds bad. <laughs> High on one end, low on the other. Hallelujah. I don't care what it is. You need to start believing what the Word says. Sometimes we're fighting our blood pressure instead of fighting with the Word of God. You know, you can get to fighting the wrong thing. Amen. We can get to fighting pain even and start instead of fighting with the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some scripture this morning. It'll help you. And then we have this. This is healing for the whole man. And it's got some scriptures for individual parts. I don't have time to do that today, though. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Um, the memory of the just is blessed. If you've gotten a, a, a diagnosis concerning remembering and mind, the memory of the just is blessed. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10, 7. Uh, <clears throat> nerves, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. It says griefs and sorrows, but if you look in your margin, it should be translated, or one translation is uh, sicknesses and pains. You know that. Home protection. You know, uh, I was at the, uh, <clears throat> getting my nails done. Have to stay in priority every week. After Jesus, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> after the Word and after Jesus, we have to do the nails. Hallelujah. Anyway, and so the lady was in there behind me. She came in behind, that was going to come behind me. And they and my lady said, oh, she lives in your neighborhood. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And she said, oh, I'm the one my house got broken into last April. And so some guy that works at Lowe's wasn't mine. <laughs> and the lock and key. 
lock and key at Northport Lowe's, broke into her house, took everything. She lives one street behind me on the corner. And uh, hallelujah, or in front of me actually, on the corner. And so she was in there, and boy, when she got through telling the story, I was scared. Literally, you know, people can, I was like, man, I tell you, wow. But then I got home and I said, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to believe that. And here, praise God, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Psalm 122, 7. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. Now, she wasn't wicked. She's Christian, but she just didn't have any revelation. But he blesseth the habitation of the just. He blesses our habitation. Hallelujah. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Proverbs 12, 7. I've been saying that over tornadoes for years. The house of the righteous shall stand. Hallelujah. And one I like to pray, I want to give to you. You have to look it up, but I don't remember the reference. But I pray this all the time over my house. It says, through through wisdom is a house builded. Through knowledge, its chambers are filled with all pleasant and precious riches. I like to say that one. Amen. You need to say that over your house. Glory to God. It is God's will. We can get excited over God's will. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> protection from crime. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Psalm 91, 5. I pray this for Taylor West. A thousand shall fall at his side and 10,000 at his right hand, but it shall not come near him. Psalm 91, 7. He's the only soldier I know, so I have fun saying that over him. And adding my faith with his parents. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I've been praying this. I want y'all to start praying this one. Leviticus 26, 3 and 4. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I, then I will give you rain in due season. Hallelujah. And the land shall yield her increase. Psalm 68, 9. Thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thy inheritance when it was weary. Y'all need to start getting on those scriptures. Let's quit talking drought. Why is we're having droughts? Because we're talking drought. Hallelujah. We need to quit saying we're in drought. We're not in drought. Hallelujah. Everybody going to quit that now? Hallelujah. Are you tired? I hear people all the time, I am so tired. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. No, God didn't say, now go to bed earlier. Hallelujah. Take three days off. See, we think that's our answer, but it's the Word that's going to give us rest. Coming to Him, seeking first the kingdom of God in the morning will rest you up for the rest of the day. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. So spending time with God is what's going to cause us to be rested. Hallelujah. Now, we're not against sleep either, but... Hallelujah. But you know, some of them, some of you are... Y'all, we could give you two weeks of straight sleep. You'd still be tired. Hallelujah. Part of it's part of what, uh, what we say. It's part, I'm not trying to say it's you. you know? <laughs> Brother Hagen used to do that. You know, in his meetings, whoever he is talking to about, he'd come over and lay his hand right there on their shoulder. Hallelujah. And do this. And now everybody in the crowd would be going like, because we all knew. It's like, yeah, they did. Yeah. Hallelujah. But I'm not that bold. <laughs> so I wasn't talking about you, Jennifer. Thank you, Lord. Um, you know, how, you got any, got any roaches? No, I'm not asked. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> we had a mouse the other day that tried to get me during Bible college. But anyway, thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the barrel, arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. I got uh, gophers out of my yard with this scripture in West Texas. 
there were gophers driven, drilling holes all over my yard and backyard. And I got that scripture and got on that and they disappeared and I was just rejoicing. And my next door neighbor, I saw her out in the front yard one day and she said, I have just got gophers everywhere. Do y'all have gophers? I'm like, mm, no, I didn't send them there. I can't help it if they went. Amen. Hallelujah. It's true. And here's some on sleep. Now, I've been praying this. If you've got a baby, I'd advise this. I've been praying this over Matthew Bryant because he came, came, I don't know, it for a while there. He wasn't doing exactly like they liked. But I think he's lined out now. But I've been speaking these. Proverbs 3, 24, when thou liest down. And I put his name in there. Matthew Bryant, when you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down and your sleep shall be sweet. And I say, we laid you down, Matthew Bryant, and you slept. You awaked for the Lord sustained you. Man, parents, you don't ever have to be afraid of crip death. Listen to that. I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. You do not have to fear that. Hallelujah. I will both lay me. I say this. Matthew Bryan, we lay you down in peace and you sleep for the Lord only makes you dwell in safety. And then I like this one. I say, Matthew Bryant, it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And I told him that the other day. He was in here. I said, it is vain for you to rise up early. It is vain. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you can get on these things. Over Carter, Job 33, 25, his flesh is fresher than a child's. I like to say than a newborn infant. I like to, I, I say that. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've got stomach problems, Exodus 23, 25, you shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless thy bread and thy water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Hallelujah. We need to get back on the word. We are word people. Hallelujah. Thank you. Strength, teeth, teeth. Hallelujah. Traveling mercies. What we could just go on and on that, that there's, there's specific scriptures that you can apply. I say this um, <clears throat> over people's breathing. He giveth to all life and breath and all things. People that are having breathing difficulties. Acts 17, 25. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there's a scripture for you. Hallelujah. And you start speaking it because the seed is faithful. And it don't matter what the diagnosis is. It don't matter how big. If it can be a big, serious thing in the world's eyes. Or it can be a real minor ailment. You know, God doesn't want us walking around with minor things either. Any more than major. Hallelujah. And I've noticed that if you don't take hold of it, the devil turns the minors into majors. You know, it progresses. Hallelujah. So um, it doesn't matter. The answer's still the same. The answer's still the same. Well, let's stand up together. Hallelujah. I got to do as good as pastor anyway.